For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! You've got Mac and Mac. John McMullen and Jordan McDonald here with you on Bird 365. It is a bye week Tuesday. Yes, we're going to, for the next two weeks, talk about games that haven't been played. There are games that have already been played and overanalyze them a little bit. And look ahead to the second half, sort of, kind of, not exactly the second half because they play 17 games, which... I know it's just not out of both John and myself. I know that, uh, Roger Goodell. We're, we're not good at math, so we n- need to keep it simple, stupid. And it's not easy with the way you've uh, put your schedule together. But anyway, you slice it. The Birds are 8-1. and one. They've got the best record in the National Football League. Is all well with the world, Johnny Mac? Uh, it should be. I, You know, you can only go on where you are at this point. Now, ultimately, I mean, the goals here are obvious and it's Super Bowl or bust. So, you know, it's always going to be difficult to reach that level uh, because so many things have to align correctly. And, you know, we're talking today. Right now, I would say, yeah, the Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFC. Um, We've already seen what happens when, the road runs through Lincoln Financial Field. Um, 
they got the inside track, no doubt about it. Um, you know, injuries pay play such a large part in this league. You know it as a Jets fan. You had to go through it again last night, watching Zach Wilson play quarterback with that great defense. Um, that would be a <laughs> we lost Jody for a second. That would be a legitimate Super Bowl contender if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. I firmly believe that. They are no longer a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, so anything can happen in this game. But right now, it's the best team in football. I I'm pretty confident in saying not that they don't have issues, but um, 18 weeks and plus nine, you know, that's having the best record in football. That's quite a stretch. That's quite a, a run of, of consistency. You believe they're the best team in football. I believe they're the best team in football. A lot of media outlets, they will come out and put out their power rankings and, uh, they will agree with us that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in football. And then there's the ESPN Power Index. <laughs> and yes, I feel the need to bring this up. I, uh, Since I'm going to point it out again, it's a good thing I don't need a job from ESPN because they won't be hiring me anytime soon. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the ESPN Power Index is, it's a rating of the NFL teams that's done completely by computers. Putting data into a computer and having it sprint out, uh, print out, spit out, uh, a ranking for the NFL teams. The Philadelphia Eagles came into the week seventh in the National Football League prior to this weekend's action when they beat the Dallas Cowboys. They come out of the week still seventh in the National Football The Philadelphia Eagles are the seventh best team according to the computers at ESPN. Uh, my wife is a big Fox News watcher. She's always got the news on. I'm down here watching sports in the man cave, but when I go upstairs uh, and walk past the TV to talk to the wife, they're they're always talking about how AI is going to take over the world. No, it's not. AI's got the Eagles as the seventh best team in the National Football League. AI's got nothing on us. They got no idea what they're doing. What are they talking about? The Eagles are seventh best team in the National Football League. It's an embarrassment. ESPN, you should be embarrassed. By yourself. You should just stop it. Remove it from your website because it only makes you look like you have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to the National Football League. Ridiculous. Well, I I, I wouldn't even go that far. I well, I'm say, going that far, John. I don't give a crap. It's an embarrassment. I, say, I, I know what it is, so it doesn't matter to me. So that part, like, I don't get upset about it because they're just putting a bunch of numbers in a computer and it doesn't take in the context of the game. Like I always say, I, I like my baseball analogies. I'm Jim Schwartz. I always say, you know, the five tool player versus the, 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 the home run hitter, the big guy, in the middle of the lineup, the guy who's hitting 45 home runs and driving in 140 RBIs when RBIs meant something that guy's more valuable. No matter, you know, every tool in the book, you know, you can hit 300 and steal 20 bases and win a gold glove and hit 20 home runs. 
and be this phenomenal all-around baseball player, but you're not as valuable as that guy. You're just not. It's the ecosystem around that player, and that's the context you lose when you're just talking to computers. And and that defines – I got news for I looked it up when you're saying that. You know, we use PFF a lot because it's the best we've ever had when it comes to film study. You know, we don't get to to see the coaches' film study, so this is the best we ever had, but it's flawed. Guess where they have the Eagles right now? I'm guessing 7-2. The Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, the reigning Super Bowl champions on top of the AFC again. They're number 11. The Miami Dolphins lost to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, over this past week in Germany. They're still number one. The San Francisco 49ers, a three-loss team, are number two. The Buffalo Bills, a four-loss team, are number four. Right. The Bills are still ahead of the Eagles on the ESPN Power Index, though. So they're grading, in this particular case, they're grading 13 different categories, and they're not weighting the categories. So it doesn't matter to me. The Eagles, the, the weight of what the Eagles have is greater than having a good, you know, I'd rather have the great offensive line and the great defensive front than the great slot cornerback. The Eagles have had the worst slot play in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not. That's not hyperbole. The worst slot play in the NFL since week two when Avante Maddox went out. The worst. They keep winning games because the weight of the defensive front, the offensive front, is greater than having a, a, a crappy slot situation. And they have some other issues as well, as we know. But Howie Roseman builds this team the right way because there are issues that are more valuable than others and that's the kind of stuff the computers and and grading everything equally will never take into account so i don't get that worked up about it and well the one thing i am worked up about is the fact that the nfl and i got some issues with the nfl overall too i just told you 17 games come on round it up round it down gotta go one way you can't go an odd number of games they're smart enough to know that you know, we're going to determine our champions by records, not by computer numbers, not by uh, yardage and the like. Uh, that there are many an upside to using statistics and analytics to be able to determine how your football team is playing, but it should always be outweighed by the bottom line, and the bottom line is wins and losses. And the, the fact that some of these computer programs just don't get that just annoys me. I'm sorry, maybe I get too annoyed, but it does. It annoys me. I uh, Johnny back. Nick Sirianni spoke yesterday, and he was in a pretty good mood, understandably so, because despite they're the seventh best team, as per ESPN's power index, uh, he knows they're the best team in the National Football League. But is he getting a little, I don't know the right way to describe it, um, ornery? That would be one of the ways I would uh, think to describe it. He's not handling what I believe to be fair questions, not overly negative questions, but fair questions on the team. And he's getting a little defensive. Last week, he got defensive about Kenny Gainwell. And then 
his usage of Kenny Gainwell in the game on Sunday kind of perplexed me a little bit. If you're believing in Kenny Gainwell as much as you say, coach, I would have handed to him more than just three times. Uh, but then yesterday he was asked about the running game and the drop off in the running game. And he attempted to redefine the running game in the National Football League for the media members that were there and the Eagle fans that were watching the press conference. I've only been watching the National Football League for 50-plus years, and after listening to Nick Sirianni yesterday, I wasn't sure I understood what is or isn't the running game in the National Football League. Maybe I've been uh, understanding it incorrectly all these years, and Nick Sirianni knows what is and isn't the run. It brought me back to the Andy Reid days. When Andy used to try and tell us that short passes count as runs. Okay, in, in, in your accounting, Andy, but most of the rest of the world thinks a pass is a pass. Nick Sirianni was redefining passing and running for us yesterday. Were you as confused as I was? No, not at all, because I've heard it uh, consistently since he's been here. Um, and they believe it. So, I mean, that you mentioned the, the word accounting. And, you know... To be blunt, they don't give a blind you-know-what about somebody else's accounting. Your accounting, my accounting, they don't care. So to them, and I've heard this numerous times from Shane, Shane Steichen, it's always been that way. But 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 the impact of, of – and how I describe it to people is they're not very good – right now in the traditional running game of what people think of old school running game, hand it off to Earl Campbell, hand it off to Walter Payton, hand it off to your favorite running back. Just turn around and hand it off. They're not good at that. Part of the reason is because they don't have Earl Campbell and Walter Payton. Um, they don't have a big time back. Um, so from their perspective, and, it, and the example he gave is actually a, a darn good one. The jet sweep to DeAndre Swift. Now, it, it, in a team that's under center, they, they turn it around and hand the jet sweep, and it's a run by accounting methods. They're always in the gun, so they flip it forward. It's the same play, but it's a pass versus a run. So 22 yards, which is, I think, their best run of the game, to be honest, was counted as passing. Um, doesn't matter. It's just a way of people defining it. And from his perspective, and he's not lying because he said it for three years and his offensive coaches, that's what they believe. They don't care what the accounting is. They care about the success of the play. But the RPOs, the stuff like that, because they're, they're running jet sweeps from the gun and not from under center. To them, even the bubble screens, to them, that's an extension of the running game. Right. But here would be my question for Nick, if I were there and uh, could ask a follow-up. So then if the jet sweep counts as a run, and I get it, because, yeah, you're flipping it forward. The ball leaves the quarterback's hand, goes up in the air, even if it just goes eight inches. If a guy grabs it, it's it's a pass. It, it's, it should be, it's counted as a pass. Does that mean Jalen's passing numbers are inflated? Sure. In that particular instance, yes. Right. Yes. So do we say Jalen Hurts because he take that passing play away from him? Uh, he would have thrown for under 200 yards in yesterday's game. 
are we allowed to analyze Jalen's numbers and uh, the like? Because uh, if there's a debatable play as to whether it's a run or a pass, then if you're going to adjust it accordingly, you can. But then Jalen Hurts threw in for less than 200 yards. Do, do we say Jalen didn't have that good a game yesterday or Sunday? Excuse me. Well, from their perspective, again, they don't give a shit where you want to account it. I, I, I mean, that from their perspective, they literally don't care. That's why I'm saying, you know, people get all, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a statistics guy when it comes to the NFL. Now it differs in different sports. It's big in baseball. It's very important in baseball. It's more important in basketball. In the NFL, because you have all this esoteric nature and things like this, it doesn't matter. People would criticize Jalen Hurts last year, runner-up MVP, because he only had 22 touchdown passes. They don't give a shit. They're getting in the end zone. They're getting in the end zone. They got 22 yards. If Jody McDonald and John McMullen want to say it's a passing play or a running play, they don't care. They don't care. That's why when you hear people talk about statistics, then Nick will go, I, he doesn't even know. He's not paying attention to him. From his perspective, is the play successful? Did they accomplish what they want to accomplish? I had to, you know, this discussion with somebody about injuries. Like from my perspective, from my perspective, he's way too over the top with competitive advantage. Way too over the top. To him, it's meaningful. I don't know why. I, I think he overinflates it. But he's the head coach, and and from this perspective of, of, of run versus pass, and this was a good example, the, the jet sweep, because it's the same damn play. But if you're under center, it's a run. If you're in the gun like the Eagles always are, it's a pass. Um, it doesn't matter. Is it successful? Now, if they lose seven yards, call it a run or call it a pass, it's an unsuccessful play. So they don't care if Jalen Hurts gets credit or Jalen Hurts doesn't get credit, but they watched the film of that game against Dallas, and it was very effective throwing the ball. Now, when he's throwing the football down the field from the pocket and he's throwing dimes to Devontae Smith, that's what they care about. Right, as well when, they should. Yeah. Now, the 22 – that's an explosive passing play, 22 yards um, by, by NFL definitions, by most teams' definitions. You know, but if you're Jared Goff or somebody like that, it's probably an explosive running play. But it, it, it doesn't matter. It's an explosive play from their perspective. Understood. But they consider it uh, a run. Then maybe you can help me understand the other attempted explanation he had for it. If they run an RPO and Jalen decides to hold on to the ball, but then he throws a short pass to Dallas Goddard, the coach still considers that a running play? Because it came off an RPO, because there was the possibility of the run, but he threw the ball down the field over the line of scrimmage, and he considers that a running play too. I, it, it, it's I have not that. It's, it's the point that. of and 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 again, I talked about, I talked about this with Shane numerous times. Um, when they call an RPO, like when people say they're, I think they get upset when people say they're not running the football enough, you know, the, the old run, run pass ratio. And they, a lot of times they call it RPR run pass run because of Jalen right. hurts. 
But, but the the, the <clears throat> second R is not been as effective as it usually is. No, because he's injured. And that's why their running game hasn't been as effective. And I, I, you know, I've been preaching on this show for years and years and years how much he affects the running backs and how much he makes it easier for the running backs. But he's not healthy right now. So that part has gone away. And that's why the Eagles are struggling right now in the running game. Um, not according to the coach. As far as the traditional running game. Again, I, I have to correct myself. The traditional running game, they they're they're not they're not equipped for it. And and again, it shouldn't surprise people because of of the way they build this roster. They spend assets on certain positions. What I was talking about when we were talking about the power rankings. They spend assets on well, running back isn't one of them. So it shouldn't be any um any surprise to people that they don't have big time running backs because they don't value big time running backs and you get what you, you get what you pay for. But as far as the RPO, yeah, it's dependent on what the defense does if you're reading it correctly. So from their perspective, when somebody says you're not calling a run play, well, they say, well, it could have been a run. And, and again, to most people, it doesn't matter because, and, and Nick even said, you know, when you just look at a stat book, you're 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 not going to get that information exactly the way it is. And he's a hundred percent right. He's a hundred percent right. If you just pick up a stat book, and that's why I don't value it as as much as some people, um, you're not going to see. We use the Jets again. That was a great defensive game by both sides, but there was some garbage yardage at the end that made. Uh, the Chargers look a, a little bit less effective. Um, from a coaching standpoint, you're like, eh, who cares? That was a great performance. Um, and, and yeah, they tend to look at things differently. It's fair to say. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and if they don't want to look at the running game the way, same way most people look at the running game, that is <laughs> – we're just a couple of guys hosting a YouTube show. We're not the coaches of the Philadelphia Eagles. Our opinion counts significantly yeah. less than his does. But then just don't get – and maybe, John, you were watching. It was uh, all Zoom, so we're all watching. It yeah, too. I didn't think it was ornery at all. Um, and, and Dave asked him, our buddy Dave Zangaro, that was his question. I, uh, Well, I'm kind of used to Nick, so, I mean, sometimes he he – gets a, a little bit uh I, I don't know you know sometimes he gets a little bit standoffish but uh I don't think it was out of character okay yeah uh when he when he when he said and Dave followed up and he said so I just want to clarify so you're okay with the running game the way it is going right now and he said yeah I don't think he is that's that's when you shift into toggle mode of he's never going to criticize people but he knows this team can't run the ball effectively until Jalen Hurts is healthy because he knows, he knows, but he's never going to say that. And he doesn't have to say it. And I applaud the fact that he doesn't say it because his team is going to love him because he doesn't throw guys under the bus. But yeah, I thought he was a little perturbed at the question itself and or the uh, follow-up question thereafter. And they're eight and one. That is the bottom line. When you get to the end of the sentence, uh, put the period in, new paragraph, 
The Eagles are eight and one, and that should be the most important thing. But it doesn't mean, and and he does say this a lot, which I I hope he means it and he gets it. When people ask him questions about the very few, the 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 far between issues the Eagles are having. They're not trying to put the Eagles down. They're just trying to write a comprehensive story on what the Eagles are doing. He just seemed a little short with anybody asking any questions uh, uh, other than the fact that the Eagles are the best team in football. There's, there's more to the story than that. That's, that's the way I took it yesterday. Was a little surprised by Sirianni and the way uh, he responded. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac. We got two good guests coming your way. A little later in the show, We'll punch up the voice of the Eagles in Espanol. Ricky Ricardo, Eagles Spanish announcer, is going to jump aboard. But coming up next, we're going full-fledged Bowen on the Birds. Longtime Eagle beat writer Les Bowen's going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you with over 250 years of combined courtroom experience We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. 
Yes, we do talk E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles here on Birds 365. That would be Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald. And we bring in educated guests. We've done so again today. Les Bowen, long time ago. Educated. That's a, yeah, I don't know about that. Impressive, Les. Impressive. Man of yeah. education. Oh, see, I said it because I compare everyone else to me. So compared to me, yeah, you're damn well educated, <laughs> Les. Oh, I already said that. That's, Les that's what I use as as the basis for the introduction. Um, Bone on the Birds podcast, you should check out weekly for Les's thoughts that uh, he doesn't share here with us. We think he gives us everything he's got when he shows up. I do, will. Yeah. We'll, it's we'll a different time you. of the week, though. It's on Fridays, and now the, this is Tuesday. So, you know, during a game week, things usually change. But the bye week will probably be about the same. Understood. Uh, I think, speaking of changing, how are the Eagles going to change for the next three, four, five, six weeks? We got no idea when Dallas Goddard is going to be back, but we know the yeah. Eagles are going to be out with him uh, without him for a period of time. Uh, they did it last year. They survived it last year before Goddard came back. Bigger loss, just as big a loss, maybe slightly lesser a loss. Goddard being gone for a month, what kind of effect is it going to have on the Eagles? Boy, that's a real good question. In uh, in some ways, it is less of a loss because they're just not – it was really weird that that play that he got hurt on was one of the few times they've really gotten him out in space and uh, – you know, managed a real uh, yards after catch kind of completion to him this year. I've been really disappointed in, and I know they've, you know, done a lot with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and so on, but I've been a little bit disappointed with what they've gotten out of Dallas Goddard uh, in terms of catching the ball. I think they've used him a lot in blocking, and we might see that more profoundly than we see you know, differences in the passing game um, going forward. It's really hard to say exactly what they're going to do. Somebody has brought up, uh, you know, the Julio Jones uh, factor that he could certainly run some of the routes that Dallas Goddard runs, big bodied receiver. Um, You know, that makes a certain amount of sense to me, but Julio Jones isn't going to block, you know, Dallas Goddard blocks in the run game or anything like that or on the screens. Um, it's a, it's a problem for them. I don't know how they feel about Jack Stoll. He's a sort of reliable second fiddle. He's not any kind of star, you know, receiver. He's not going to catch 10 passes for 150 yards some week if they really need to go to him. Um, but he's a competent player and they have Grant Calcaterra who missed last week with a concussion and has had a real troubling history of concussions, but is also a guy maybe with some more receiving talent, more upside as a receiver than Stoll. And then they have Albert, the guy whose last name I can't pronounce. Nobody can. We haven't learned it. Uh, I have to learn that because Albert O might be uh, a little bit more relevant now. Yeah, he might, but I don't, you know, who has seen him lately, you know? Uh, So, uh, I always get a kick when they when he's inactive. They have the list of inactives they post in their Eagles, uh, you know, with the background and all this stuff. And everybody's in the same font. And then they get down to Albert. Yeah, you got to lower his, that thing. Yeah, yeah. his uh, his name is like uh, it looks like it's all one word. 
Yeah. Well, we finally got to see Albert for a few snaps yes. uh, uh, this week because Grant was out, as you mentioned, in the concussion protocol. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you lose a player like Dallas Goddard, you're, you're going to have some issues. You're not going to be able to replace him. But the Eagles went through this last year when he yeah. broke the, the small bone in his shoulder and he missed five games. And they persevered. I think they won all five of those games, by the way. Um, well, they won most games. Um, yeah. and, and it was last year. I yeah. They don't, and, it went, and it was Jack Stoll for the most part getting uh, the yeah. most reps. And obviously the the passing part of it isn't going to be as effective. And maybe Julio Jones, as you mentioned, can help in that aspect a little bit more than last year. Um but it's one of those injuries, and that's why I said, Les, this team, Jody and I were talking about, heading into the bye week, this team's got the inside track. They got the number one seed again right now. We know, we've seen it. If if it has to go, the road has to go through Lincoln Financial Field, they're in really good shape to get back to the Super Bowl. But injuries are such a big part of this league. We've seen it uh, with, and again, I'm, I'm hurting Jody this morning. We've seen it with Jody's Jets. You see it uh, with other quarterbacks going down. My eye. Uh, just make, all right, fine. <laughs> um, it, it, everything can change on a moment's notice, but this team is better than everybody else right now. Is that? I agree. You know, there's a point to be made about that. They keep playing these one-score games, uh, which – is troubling because teams that win a lot of one score games at some point, the pendulum kind of tends to swing the other way. But in their case, I don't think it's a matter of them just barely being a little better than a lot of these teams. I think it's a, a, the injuries that they've had, they've had way more injuries than last year. Uh, Even though they had a Dallas Goddard injury last year, they, they didn't have a situation like they've had in the defensive backfield last year at all. Uh, or the offensive line, really. Um, and Hertz wasn't dealing with an injury at this point in the season uh, quite. He was later, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're a really good team. And I think, uh, you know, if they could keep, if they could stop doing stupid stuff in the final three or four minutes of games, I don't think these would be one score games. There was no excuse for that being a one score game. Sunday. I don't want to get off track here for you guys, but no, 28-17, halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, All you have to do is put a drive together and kick a field goal. And there's no way the Dallas Cowboys get within any kind of reasonable hailing distance. Well, I'm glad you bring that up, Les, because I think that's one of the issues with this team right now because of Jalen Hurts' his injury, his knee injury. Um, has taken his effectiveness in the run game off the table. That's typically where the Eagles want to be, 28-17, two-score game, and then they run it out. But they're not effective running the football unless Jalen Hurts is part of that equation, unless he is threatening the defense by pulling the football Mm -hmm. and taking it himself. DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell – Rashad Penny last week, people finally got to see him for two carries. Boston Scott, when he's here, yeah, um, this is not a great group. 
I don't know. DeAndre Swift looked like uh, Adrian Peterson earlier in the season. Uh, uh, yeah, DeAndre Swift is a boxes. very good running back. I don't think it's a running back problem. I really don't. I don't think they're hoping the holes. I We saw DeAndre early in that game Sunday do a Shady McCoy, which is what I refer to. Shady often ran behind really not great offensive lines uh, with the Eagles, and he would just, you know, this was what angered Chip Kelly and got him traded. He would take the ball, look at what was supposed to be there, say, ah, no, that's not there, and just take off <laughs> and go somewhere else. Uh, we saw DeAndre do that early in the Sunday game, and it worked very, very well. They're just not opening the holes. I And I don't know what that's about. This is supposed to be such a great offensive line. Maybe it's all the, the changes at right guard week to week. Uh, I some guys are a little banged up. Elaine Johnson is banged up, but this, I, I know teams are committing a lot of people to the box. Yeah. Well, that's the, that to, I would argue is the difference less because you yeah. bring up AP. I got to cover AP. Here's Adrian Peterson. we run the way he ran against eight man boxes. The Vikings had Christian Ponder at the time. Nobody was afraid yeah. of Christian Ponder. So they loaded that thing up. And he won an MVP award in a passing game. He could run on anybody. I saw him convert third and tens, running the football consistently on that season. Yeah. DeAndre Swift had a great game, ironically, against Minnesota. Yeah. But that was against six man, literally six man boxes. Yeah. Uh, when you load up the box, he's not LaShawn McCoy, even. He's right. not. He's not that big time back. He's a very talented player. Every once in a while, he's going to get that great athletic play that gets you excited. But without Jalen Hurts, and I think it makes sense from this perspective, Les. The Eagles build the roster the way they build the roster. They value certain positions. They pay certain positions. They don't pay running backs. You generally get what you pay for, I think. Uh, here's my, here's my thing about you, Swift, though. and I'll let you answer in a second, Les. The Minnesota game is a Minnesota game. John's right. Minnesota said, we dare you to run the football. And the Eagles did, and Swift was really good at it, and mm-hmm. Eagles ran him into the ground. How to get 130 against Tampa the next week? Right. They're not yeah. a, we dare you to run it against us. They're a pretty damn good defense against the run. And he went right. for eight yards of carry and over 130 total. How do you do that? Yeah, I don't debate John's – I mean, he's not Adrian Peterson and he's not Shady McCoy, but he's a good running back. And the money thing is, you know, somebody's going to pay him something this offseason, even though the position has been devalued so much. Uh, it's not like he's a guy that they just picked up off waivers or something like that. I, uh, I think he's good enough for them to be a lot better than they are at running the football. And I don't really – you look at again. I know Brian Johnson becomes a whipping boy for everybody, but I look at that game Sunday. Yeah, you guys saw it. For once in his life, Kenny Gainwell was extremely effective early in that game. Mm-hmm. That was a great run. So they stopped using. It. <laughs> yeah. That was a great block by Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny was on the field for two snaps. They were back-to-back plays where they ran him into the middle of the line, and he looked okay. 
Well, I would argue, guys, I, <laughs> to, to Jody's point, what happened in the, the Minnesota game was an outlier. What happened in Tampa Bay? Oh, he can run for 130 yards any week when Jalen Hurts is healthy and people okay, are scared yeah. of Jalen Hurts yeah. and manipulating the space. And also, Vita Bay didn't play a lot in that game. That probably impacted it as well. But um, when Jalen Hurts is healthy, yeah, you can yeah. go for 130 yeah. against anybody. But, you but know when what? he's not. The Eagles line up in 11 personnel almost every snap. Yeah, which historically has not been the case here, and you maybe you want to maybe put if you had two tight ends like you did before Dallas Goddard got hurt, you know that you really like maybe put Jack Stoll in the backfield next to DeAndre Swift or something like that. Do something to help your running game, you know. Get in a running formation, and uh, you know I think you would see some results. Uh, against stack boxes. I'm no X and O guy, but that seems to be how it works for a lot of teams. Uh, running out of 11 personnel is not, uh, you got wide receivers over here that aren't, you know, involved in the equation most of the time. Yeah, they like to spread the field. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody uses more empty sets than the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways that's just the modern game, but um, and you got to get good at the RPOs, which they're typically very good at. But when the quarterback is completely healthy, yeah. and um, when he's not, I I don't think they're a very good running team. I say it this way, Les: I don't think they're a good traditional running team where you just hand the quarterbacks under center, you just turn around and hand the ball off to. Insert name. Oh, he's not under Peterson. center unless he's being pushed forward. Yeah, exactly. He's not. He's not. Not even under center. Yeah. Um. So, I don't think they're a traditional good running team, but they're a I don't very see good. Why they couldn't team. be, but you know, I. I you mentioned yeah. her. Yeah, of course, Hertz is an element, but I just don't see with Jason Kelsey and Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata and. Probably Cam Jurgens after the after the break and uh, Lane Johnson up front. I don't see why you can't be an effective. I don't, you know, not eight yards a carry, but I don't see why you can't run out the clock. You know, like they should have been able to do Sunday. I I, I think they lost the point of attack this past week more than they usually do. Yes. About well, the Dallas front is good. very good as well. You have to give them credit. There were a lot of one-yard runs in that game. Like, yeah, holy crap. Right. You see the you see the ball handed off. You think, okay, maybe three or four yards. And up, boom. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Micah Parsons is a pain in the ass to deal yeah. with. I and mean, I think Eagles fans get, got a little haughty because they had some success against him uh, yeah. at times in his career and assumed that was going to continue – uh, in perpetuity, he's tough to deal with. Yeah, as they kind of found out. Yeah, uh, but you know they could have run out the clock in that game. I've been accused on Twitter of making too much of this, but the third and three play, which Nick oh the throw AJ a high percentage play, thirty yard fade down the left sideline. <sighs> I I'm sorry. That's hey, let me ask you about that. That's, AJ Brown, that but... brings up that brings up an excellent point. 
do you think that's on Brian Johnson or do you think that's on Jalen Hurts? Do you well, really I, I think, think that the 30-yard fade to AJ call. was the number one read on that play? Absolutely. Or do you think the quarterback the decided play. to throw it there? It was not like he stood back there and looked around, right, John? I mean, that was the play. No, that was the play because he got yeah. single coverage on AJ. And anytime you have single coverage on AJ, that's probably a good decision. I think that's what Nick is saying. And he's having a great year. He's obviously having a great he's year. He's having a great year, but it's third and three. And you're a team that, let's say you get one of those one-yard runs. Then you got fourth and two. Can't you bang out fourth and two with a brotherly shove or something? Or, you know, the, don't most teams have a three-yard pitch and catch? I think they're very they comfortable fourth up. and one with brotherly yeah. shove, but I don't know, fourth and two. Well, uh, even, okay, let's go back to third and three. Don't most teams have a quick pick play catch they can do? For three, yeah, bubble yards. screen, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go bubble screen. I'd rather throw it to AJ down the field than go bubble screen. Now, some teams can run the bubble screen. That's yeah. one of the few things where I'm not comfortable. I don't think the Eagles do that well. Um, yeah. They haven't done. Well, it I would well. have found something. I, as great as AJ Brown is, I don't think a a bomb down the left side of the field on the sideline uh, is. Is a well, I hate. I, 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 I go back to the same thing. They are dominant on third and shorts mm-hmm. when Jalen is healthy. Dominant, yeah. they can do anything. They, 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 the defenses don't know what to do. But when, when you take away the running part of the equation, it yeah. becomes much easier for them. Not easy, but much easier, right? Um, well, my original point was these games that they, they need to. That's the one thing I see right now is there's no excuse for them, you know, being helpless at the end of that game and depending on Dallas to screw up to to win the game, which is kind of what they ended up doing. Uh, they could have won that game going away. They ended. It's wonderful that they're eight and one, but Dallas comes out of that game with the huge statistical edge and all this. Oh, you know, we just for an inch here or there, we were the better team. You know, they weren't the better team. In the fourth quarter, the Eagles played rope and you know that. Yeah, which what? But now, all right, I'll ask you that, Les, because I, I, and Seth and I go back and forth. I think every week about the run game, and and the traditional running game. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, they were dominant in the third quarter. They had two, um, two drives, two touchdowns. They basically held the football the entire third quarter. And they had the two-score lead. And then generally that's where they had the great four-minute offense, which mm-hmm. turns into an eight-minute offense, and they run out the clock. But that's why I keep harping on Jalen Hurts not being healthy in the run game. That last drive before A.J., uh, I'm trying to pull it up as as I have it, they, they, they ran the football traditional to DeAndre Swift. They get two yards on yeah. first down. Then they get uh, they, they run them off at, right. They run them off right end, and they oh, okay. get one yard. Um, so now you're sitting there in a in a situation. This is the final one, and then they they go up the middle where AJ runs into him. The the final yeah. mess, and they lose two yards, and he fumbles, and they're lucky to get lucky out to with the ball. Yeah. Well, that's a um, you know that's another huge area of conversation there how does that happen in yeah, the ninth wow, game that, of the yeah. season I, 
And that's not DeAndre's fault. He got run into, but no, the the running game they tried to run it traditionally. It wasn't working. So I guess you can blame the offensive line. But there weren't there weren't the usual holes, John. Plain and simple. I, I they they didn't have a great game. Now you want to give credit to the Dallas defensive line. I agree with you. That's a pretty good front you're facing. It isn't. You got to consider the opposition. But this past week, I do not think their offensive line, which is just stellar almost week in and week out one of the best groupings in all of the national football league you can have a lesser game and they had a lesser game against the Cowboys. they sure did in fact they didn't really protect very well i didn't think uh my gave up a real quick sack on one play just guy just went right around yeah sam williams really Um, athletic people are going to figure out he's he's pretty good soon too yeah Um, i i know tyler steen uh, did not play well in pass protection. He got PFF gave him a disastrous uh, yeah. pass blocking grade. Kelsey, they gave his best grade of the year, and, and sometimes was, I don't get that. You know, I yeah. Um, like Myawada has incredible PFF numbers this yeah, year. I haven't does. seen Sunday. He had a numbers. bad game. He had a bad game yeah. from their perspective, um, but he hasn't. Has he been as good as they think he's been this season? I think he's, yeah. I think he's been before, real before good. Sunday, I'd okay. say, yeah. Yeah. I'd had, but I thought, I thought Jason was phenomenal on his yeah. birthday. I, I thought Lane was good. And I think yeah. Landon was good. Then I think the other two guys had some issues. I think it was Jordan's worst game of the year. Yeah. And I think it was, you know, Tyler Steen's first start. So maybe that's. Yeah, that's a tough uh, front to start him against yeah. because they do a lot of stunting and things. Sometimes like that. I don't understand their handling of rookies. Yeah, um, yeah. Throwing Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks against uh, um, uh, C.D. Lamb, throwing Tyler Steen against that front, as you mentioned. Yeah, I'd argued Sidney Brown. Start Sidney Brown. He just came back. Put him out there against the Jets. Get him some confidence. You know the Jets are not going to be able to to throw the ball effectively, at least consistently. And they're like, nope, we're going to give him one more week. And then they throw him to the Wolves, not the Wolves. But yeah. I, I didn't understand that. And some this, of the some of the personnel stuff reminds me of long, long ago when Sean McDermott was the Eagles' defensive coordinator. My biggest, I think, a lot of people's biggest problem with Sean was he would be real high on a guy and then the guy would play a couple games and not look so good. And suddenly the guy was like, not just not starting, but you could never find him again. <laughs> and I see that with this team, you know, you, the, Mario example would be Mario Goodrich. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just disappeared like yeah, that. He's, he's not, he's not even good enough to be on the team. Uh, yeah. And you see that Sua, you know, Sua definitely str- started struggling after a few weeks and he got a little hip injury. So last week, Sua is out there for extra points and that's it. You're not going to see Sua any other way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I kind of, but Yeah. That's a good point because um, Mario, they threw Mario to the Wolves against Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Right. Um, That's pretty difficult. Um, I'd like to see him against a more normal uh, slot receiver. And all of a sudden you're out there with with, uh, Eli Ricks and he's trying and Sidney Brown. 
against C.D. Lamb. And guess what? They played like Mario Goodrich. Yeah, they, and they, when they, they put a great play on Lamb, suddenly it was okay. Why not just do that for the whole game? But I, you know, I'm not a, a strategist. I don't know. But uh, we, the we Eli are. Ricks thing, to me, illustrated that they know they have a speed problem in the secondary. And they're kind of that, desperate yeah, that, to get some speed out there because yeah. he's not ready. He's no. an undrafted rookie no. who's in no way, shape, or form ready. He had like 60-some uh, snaps on the season before Sunday. Uh, they're force-feeding him, trying to get somebody out there who has more speed. And it it, it was not a good – it didn't work out well. He took penalties. He, he got fooled. It, it, you know, not his fault, but – yeah, how about this? Uh, Sidney Brown was targeted four times, uh, four completions, 50 yards. Uh, Eli Ricks was targeted four times, four completions, 72 yards. Um, eight for eight when those two guys were targeted. Yeah. That was my one criticism of Dallas. It was like, well, CD got 16 targets. No, he should have got 25 targets yeah. until just they figured. play. Yeah, just yeah. throw CD Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he would have um, probably collapsed at some point. But, maybe, yeah. maybe. Got to take maybe. a snap off every once in a while. All right, Les, we uh, kind of touched on earlier, want to double back to Dallas Garden replacing him. If mm-hmm. it's not going to be with a tight end, Jack Stoll just can't do what Dallas Goddard can do for a whole bunch of plays that the Eagles run. Some he can, but there's a whole bunch of things that you just ask him to do what Dallas does. Not going to work. He's just not the player that Dallas is. So the Eagles could come with different groupings. Sirianni specifically said that yesterday, meaning more wide receivers on the field. Is the return of Quez key? <laughs> that Quez is getting close to coming back. That the threat that is, the speed that is, yeah. Quez Watkins going to open up and space that Eagle offense without Dallas Goddard. Is that the key to getting by without Dallas? Quez I don't is think returning so, speed. I don't think he plays a role in here at all. I would be much rather see like Julio Jones is more of a uh comp to to Dallas Goddard than uh than Quez is. Last year, when you said that, it reminded me last year when they were doing without Dallas, suddenly Devontae Smith got a lot more targets and really had a strong stretch of games. I think you might see more of Devontae uh being featured, you know, than he is uh, some weeks uh, as we have it now. But I don't really – it is a tough thing to do without Dallas Goddard. I'm not sure. You know, the trade deadline's long past. I don't know if there's any – you know, that, or people were kidding about Gronk uh, Sunday when the injury happened. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know what you do at this point. Uh, there might be somebody sitting on a practice squad somewhere that I don't know about who's some undiscovered gem, but uh, – you know, I think uh, from what Nick said, uh, the Giants, the Giants picked up last year. I forget his name. When the Giants were playing well, yeah, uh, they picked up uh, what's it, Isaiah Hodgkins. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. practice squad. Yeah. They needed a nice little stretch. Um, but yeah, I think that would be more Julio Jones yeah. uh, than anything else at this stage, and we'll see how much Julio has left. Um, you mentioned they didn't him at all Sunday, which I was a little bit surprised yeah. after the touchdown the week before, you know. Yeah. But, 
now it'll I, I think it'll be more relevant without Dallas in there. You got to get somebody else involved in in theory yeah. in the passing game. In theory, that's gonna be Julio Jones. We'll see if it if it shakes that way. You mentioned Slay a, a little bit. I asked Nick this because I was talking to Slay after the game, and I don't think Nick understood what I was trying to say. But Slay after the game said flat out on that last drive, all right, he was gonna take Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did, and the Eagles managed to hold off the Cowboys. Uh self-inflicted wounds partially from Dallas, but yeah. they had a first and five from the six yard line. Yes. And they went back to the 11 to the 22 and then the 27. So, yeah. you know, Eagles deserve some credit, but two penalties in there, big sack uh, that Dak Prescott took a little lack of awareness there. But I, I asked Nick, like, how does that work when a star player says, all right, I'm taking this guy because it affects everybody else. Yeah. You yeah. can't just yeah. run on the field yeah. and say, I'm taking land. That means Ricks has got to move and mm-hmm. um, uh, Bradbury's got to understand what's going on. And I said, how does that work? And he went into, well, you can't do that. Well, he did do it. Yeah, he did do he it. He yeah. did do it. Where are we with Sean Desai? Are, are, are this passing, nobody's paying that much attention attention to it because they win games, but they're down at the bottom of the league when it comes yeah. to, to passing defense. Now, part of that is teams are in desperation mode. They're always trying to come back against the Eagles. But I think, uh, uh, you know, just to the naked eye, you can see they haven't been good in pass coverage. Right. Um, that is true. Sean some of the things that help him, Sean Desai, are they haven't given up a ton of points. You know, a lot of times because their defense isn't on the field that much. They, the other thing is that somebody pointed out uh, because they're so good against the run, teams throw so much more against them than they do against other teams. So you, you have so many more attempts, you're going to have more completions and more yards. Uh, to an extent, that's true. But I kind of give him a pass because they've had all these ridiculous injuries in the secondary and uh, you know, they just haven't been able to put a group out there that's cohesive and experienced, but. Does Bradley Roby calm that down? I sure hope he can. I think that's a big thing coming off the break. That's one of the biggest questions coming off the break is can Bradley Roby really make a difference and the other thing I, I think I'm not ready to say that uh, uh, Bayard is is washed up. They kind of threw him in there. He hadn't played in their defense. He's played two weeks in a row uh, and not looked good. But maybe with a bye week, he kind of gets his feet under him a little bit and yeah, has a better understanding of how everybody, you know, works together and that. They just made a lot of changes back there, and I don't think they fit together well. I don't think they've. I think guys are expecting guys to do other stuff than what they're doing on some plays, and uh, I'm not. I'm not good at explaining the technical aspects of it. But I just. I think they don't. When they're playing a zone coverage, I don't think the parts just flow. Yeah, communication. Yeah, yeah, communication yeah. issues. Yeah. All right. Let last last one for me and. I, I I need to 
put forth this in a special way. Otherwise, I'm going to get crushed here because it's it's not a hypothetical. It's an, an actual question, but it's stated off facts again. All my hypotheticals come off facts. Um, the last time the Philadelphia Eagles rallied from a double-digit deficit in the second half was last year against Indianapolis, which was okay. mid-season. So the entire second half of the season, it never happened. Surely in the playoffs, it didn't happen. They weren't behind. They, they, they grabbed the lead against the 49ers Giants, and yeah, they were ahead against Kansas City, but they couldn't hold on at the end. It's an unknown at this point. Now, if the druthers are doing it the way the Eagles are doing it, get the lead, don't give up the lead, extend the lead, win. Yeah, we'd prefer that. But it'd be nice to know if the Eagles are capable of coming back from a double-digit deficit in the second half of a game. Hasn't happened in a full calendar year of games. I'm not saying they should go out and try and fall behind by mm -hmm. 10 points and get into the third quarter of the next game. But uh, do you have any concern with the fact that it just hasn't been the case and we haven't been able to judge whether they're going to be able to do something like that? Jody, I had not thought about that, frankly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they had uh, they had an early double-digit deficit against Washington. Right. Um, it, that I kind of think they're a team that shouldn't be in a double-digit deficit against anybody in the second half. But we are going to see some tough teams coming up here, and it might come into play. Uh, I don't For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, I mean, they, they can certainly move the ball, uh, whether their defense can stop the bleeding in a situation like that is is, a, is an excellent question. Uh, offensively, I think they're capable of coming back and, and scoring points uh, in a quick, uh, expeditious manner. But uh, yeah, I'd rather not find out. I, you know, I was trying I to, want to do, test drive yeah. that theory. Huh? Well, last, right. saying I that. I, like I, I want Everybody wants to play from the lead in this league. Play from the damn. Well, if you're in a, statistically, yeah. if you're in a double-digit hole in the second half, you're you're probably going to lose. I mean, that's yeah. the way it goes for almost every team. But I, when have the Eagles been in that situation? Yeah. Even last year, you know, I I don't know. I. Uh, I, I will say Jalen Hurts' numbers are outrageous when they're trailing. They yes. generally come back and score right away to get them. Yes. To, to get uh, you them. guys, uh, well, last you might have saw it, John, you might not have seen it because uh, you were there. They put a graphic up on the game the mm -hmm. other day. Jalen Hurts quarterback rating when trailing. Yeah. Number one in the National Football yeah. League. Yeah. Dak Prescott's quarterback rating when trailing. Number thirty-two in the yeah. national football. Uh, uh, I do not know that part, but uh, yeah. I know Jalen has been. Every time I'm thinking in that Washington game, Les, I said, "All right, it was fourteen to three, and I said, maybe this isn't the Eagles' day." And Jalen goes right out there and scores and leads the team yeah. down. And I'm like, "All right, Washington's not going to be able to hold up against this." And they they play better than I expected the Commanders, but. Uh, he's been unbelievable when they are the few times they are trailing. 
Um, so he deserves credit for that. Les Bowen deserves credit uh, for being Les Bowen at Les Bowen on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Bowen on the birds, the pod on Fridays. You have anybody booked this week? Anybody big coming up that we can? You know, I have. I haven't reached out to anyone yet. I'm trying to figure out what a good bye week. Uh, Usually, I try to get my. I've been trying to get two guests. One is somebody who covers the Eagles, and then somebody who covers the other team. Obviously, there is no other team this week. (laughs) Yes. So I'm trying to figure out. There's flexibility in booking, Les. Take advantage of that. Yeah, I do have. Uh, That's right. Well, I'm. I'm kind of paralyzed with indecision here. It's not like. not that everybody I asked always can do it, but I, I'm kind of thinking, you know, what should I do here? Should I try for something that I wouldn't right, normally try do? to get somebody who can explain Andy's success on, on bye weeks because yeah. that is, that is very, very good. And they're facing that because the chiefs have a bye this week as well. Right. Um, coming and he back studies, Andy, Andy really studies. Yeah. The yeah. other team during that bye week and figures out things that really work against that team in the bye week and uh i don't get with nick i don't get that sense quite as much maybe that's unfair but uh you know i don't know what uh the eagles just need this bye week to heal more than they need to study (laughs) yeah and they're taking off the whole stinking week so they need to heal they're banged up they and Um, they and every other team in the national football league because that's what they collectively bargained stand it but it is the fact jack Les, always a pleasure. Appreciate you jumping in with us. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you got to tune in to uh, Bowen on the Birds and find Thank out you. who Les comes up with for his other guests. Yes, that's, the, that's the who done it of the week. Who will is. be Les's yeah. second guest this week? Les, thanks, bud. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Les. Bowen on the Birds here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, we got to come back. Ricky Ricardo. That's join nice. Us in- I can't roll my R's, Johnny. I can't do it. I can't do it. I took four years of Spanish. I can't do it. I took six years of Spanish, two and in college, I, I, two I, after I, four years yeah. of high school. By the way, it's not impressive what I retained. I miss Miss Toro, my uh, sophomore year Spanish teacher, would be impressed. She was the one who taught me how to roll my R's. Ricky Ricardo's going to join us in about 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, I got a tight end question for McMullen when we come back. Do the Eagles actually have the answer on their roster right now? A guy that nobody's seen yet. I've seen because he's an ex-Jet. But is the answer to the Eagles' tight end question already on the roster? I'll run that by Johnny Mack when we come back here on Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Your MAGA Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Ricky Ricardo, voice of the Eagles in Espanol, going to join us coming up in uh, about 15 minutes or so. Um, Johnny Mac, Dallas Scott goes down. No official word yet on how long he's going to be out. This type of injury usually lends itself to missing at least four weeks, five, six, somewhere thereabouts. But they do get a break in that they get the bye, which gives them a week of healing that you don't have to worry about him missing a game. Um, but they're going to miss Dallas Goddard during the time he was out. You were right. Last year, they lost the last game when Goddard got hurt, which was the Redskin game because uh, he had the play that contributed to the loss that ended up uh, being the injury uh, that kept him out. And then sure enough, when he came back, they lost the next two games, lost to Dallas and Dallas and lost to New Orleans. So they won all the games when Dallas was out last year. I don't know if you draw a direct conclusion from that, but they did. Well, the losses coming back had more to do with uh, no Jalen Hurts than uh, I think with Dallas Goddard. So uh, Dallas was not able to lift them to victory since he didn't have the um, quarterback. (laughs) If he was taking snaps, maybe I could blame it on Dallas, but uh yeah, Gardner did not play well in that Saints game. Now they could have won the Cowboys game, but uh, couldn't get it done. 
Um, but yeah, uh, they're they're a better football team. Sometimes stuff like that happens, uh, and they were able to persevere. Sometimes Josh Dobbs, look at this week, didn't take one rep. Uh, I bet you it gets worse this week because you know you don't have that high of everybody fighting and, and the, you know. Now it's going to settle back down to reality with Josh Dobbs, I I think, and we'll see how that shakes out. But sometimes injuries work that way for the short term, but long term, they're a much better team with Dallas Goddard. I Understood. Comfortable and saying that. Understood and agree. <clears throat> All right. So, but somebody's got to fill in for Dallas Goddard because he's not on the field. Is it just Jack Stoll? Is it Jack Stoll in accommodation? Is it more for wide receiver sets? <clears throat> uh, the, the coach left it open during his press conference yesterday. Say, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we we've got many different ways we can attack being without Dallas Goddard. Could EJ Jenkins be one of those ways that they attack? not having Dallas Goddard, uh, a kind of an under-the-radar signing. And I can say that because I know I didn't bring up E.J. Jenkins here on Birds 365 last year. E.J., week. yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. He He's from, uh, and as you mentioned, he was with the Jets. The Jets have some pretty good tight ends, but you wouldn't know that. You would know it if Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball. But... Um, uh, you know, he went to Georgia Tech, and he was a receiver. And if that sounds familiar, that's how Darren Waller came into the league. He was actually a receiver, a big receiver at Georgia Tech, and they converted him ultimately to tight end at the NFL level. And he's a very good player when healthy, which he hasn't been for a few years. But I think people get caught up in that. Oh, there's another Darren Waller. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know it that much about E.J. Jenkins. But, no, they already had three tight ends. Um, and, you know, it's going to be Jack and it's going to be Grant. And it's going to be Alberto. The question is, how much do they shift gears and use more of Julio uh, in the passing game? Or do they just play the way they play or do they try to cover it up in a different way but barring another injury no i don't think it's going to be ej jenkins you don't think it's going to be ej i remember see because i'm a jet fan i'm a football geek i saw the touchdown he scored in preseason uh with a nice little rollout play with tim boyle who oh by the way even though you talk about not being ready to play in the national football league that would be the jets backup quarterback i don't care he should start Please show me Trevor Simeon this week. I know Trevor Simeon's not a good enough NFL quarterback. He's been trying for years. He's I don't even know if he's a backup. He's on a jet practice. Please put him in this week. We can't you can't do this. It again. was traded for uh Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Trevor Simeon was at one point. No, should the Jets should have traded for Josh Oh, should Dobbs. have traded for Josh Jobs. Yeah. Oh, I'll take anybody. They should have traded for John McMullen. He's better than Zach Wilson, but that's just one man's opinion. Um but I did see Jenkins score a touchdown for the Jets in preseason. Uh, I didn't even I, – somehow I missed the transaction that the Eagles had signed up to the practice squad. Shame on me. I should have known that. I did not know that. I do now recall him from the preseason with the Jets. And just another body. They signed him because of Calcaterra's concussion yeah. more so than hey, – yeah. they, they signed him before God got hurt, so they didn't know that. Uh, and I'm not suggesting he's going to be up and starting this week, but he's just another depth piece for the Eagles – 
Um, but without Goddard, Johnny Mac, since the coach yesterday went to, at least my interpretation was, great lengths to defend the running game, how is him being out of the lineup going to affect the running game? Because Stoll's a pretty damn good blocker. Uh, <laughs> I would say he and Goddard are, are damn close in that uh, aspect. Goddard's just a much better receiver. Um, do the Eagles believe that Sons Goddard, they can still run the football their interpretation, their evaluation of their running game. The coach is perfectly fine with that. Can they continue to do that without Goddard? Yeah, they can, as long as Jalen Hurts gets healthy. Um, yeah, then they can run the ball. And I'm, I'm going to harp on it because I think it deserves to be harped on it. I think Jalen Hurts is the key to their running game um, and not him running the football necessarily, just the threat of him running the football. Uh, and when they don't have that, um, they have issues. And when they do have it, they're really good. Um, and I think it boils down to that. I said it, uh, I've said it numerous times when people ask me, are they run first team? What's their identity? Not a run first team. They're not a pass first team. They're a Jalen Hurts first team. Uh, they run as Jalen Hurts runs and, uh, he impacts the running game. Uh, I don't, where Les and I disagree, I think the offensive line has been as good as usual. I do think Tyler Steen struggled a little bit. I do think Jordan Mailata, now that I rewatched the game, had his worst game of the season. Um, but overall, I thought Kelsey was great. I thought Lane was Lane. I thought Landon was Landon. Um, I'm, I'm not blaming that uh, offensive line for the ineffectiveness of the running game. Um, I just don't think the running backs are that good. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm more with less on this one for just this one week. I'm just talking about this week against the Cowboys. I don't think the offensive line was great overall for the year. Plug in different guys, Suo Pettin and Jurgen starting from the beginning of the year. Eagles offensive line has been the best offensive line in football for the year. This past week, I don't think they were as good. My lotta wasn't good, and Steen wasn't all that good. Kelsey was very good. Dickerson, okay. Not not the dominating guy that he can be. I didn't think they had a good uh, game up front this past week. And, yeah, I'll give some credit. They were dominating on the – you know where they were dominating? The uh, tush bush. <laughs> They were dominated. They're always great at that. There's, there's no stopping that. We can, we can agree on that. Here's the Jalen Hurts running question I have for you, Johnny Mac, because I'm, I'll give you my opinion. Week one through week nine, the last three weeks, Jalen first seemed to run differently for me. I don't know exactly when he heard it. Do you? Do, and I know that Jalen like yeah, heard it in Rams game. He doesn't want to acknowledge it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want any of you guys asking about it. Do we have a best guess scenario as to when he got hurt? Oh, I know he got hurt in the Rams game. Now, okay. if you ask me where in the Rams game, I can't tell you specifically. But yeah, he definitely got hurt in the Rams game. That's where it came to be. By the way, while we're talking about this, because I didn't think about it, because I didn't think. Um, Again, according to PFF, it is what it is. The Eagles' best run-blocking performance this year was at Tampa Bay, game we mentioned, uh, even better than the Minnesota game, which was number two um, because they had so many light boxes. 
Um, number three, Dallas. According to them, it was their third best run blocking game of the season. Really? Um, yeah, I would. I would tend to disagree on that one. Um, and I had it, not even looked at it until we started talking about it because I was interested. After you know, when people see things differently than me, I'd like to see if a like Reed Blankenship. I the eye test to me said he had a really good game. Here's the question I have for you, and uh, Ricky Ricardo is going to join us coming up in a couple of minutes. If we uh, draw the circle, the Ram game as to the game that Jalen Hurts hurt his knee on, that means they played four games before he got hurt and four games since he's been hurt. And we know that his running has been less effective over the last four games in part because of the injury, just not moving the way he usually does. He's playing in pain. And I'm surely going to cut him slack for that. But between you and me, I didn't think he was running all that great for the first four games. No, he wasn't. But the threat was there. That's why I said it's not the effectiveness. It's the threat. Uh, And people were still threatened by it. Um, And maybe they shouldn't have been because he didn't look the same. You're right. And maybe it would have continued if he was completely healthy. And they said, you know what? He's not running the ball as, as well as he has in the past. Maybe we can ease up on it. But early in the season, teams were still threatened. It. You're by right. It. And, and that, to me, is the difference. And by the way, the worst rushing uh, run blocking game for the Eagles this year, just to give you some hope, New York Jets. They could not block the Jets. Um, yeah, and not when I will give credit to the other side. The the last night, the, the opposition didn't run the ball for squat last night either. Jets run defense is damn good. It's a shame that this team is going nowhere fast in the playoffs with the defense that they have. But their offense is just so putrid. There's nothing that uh, you can do about it. All right. McMullen McDonald, we're going to be joined by the voice of the Eagles and Espanol, Ricky Ricardo, up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. There he is. He's ready to shoot the breeze with us for the next 15, 20, 25 minutes. The voice of the Eagles in Espanol. Coffee aided Ricky Ricardo here with us on Birds 365. Who's that a picture of on the coffee mug? El Tiante. Oh, Louis Tiante. Nice. Okay, nice. from our friends at ball9.com. Nice. El Tiante, Joey. What does Ball9.com have to do with El Tiante? Uh, I have no idea, but they, 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 <laughs> they, 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 they love him. Uh, sorry, I didn't recognize him without the hat pulled down over his face. How the hell are you supposed to know that's El Tiante without the hat? Well, he's got a cigar. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he's did got love the stogie. His, he did love his stogies. All right. Yeah. Now I understand. And by the way, yeah, yeah, I miss the 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 old school motion and guys who had a different wind up and Louis, yeah oh he'd be called for so many blocks today it'd be ridiculous every single every battery he'd be called for that's tremendous flair from louis oh yeah uh you don't see that any longer no panache absolutely nice nice nicely done ricky speaking of pitchers by the way that great aaron nola the ace that he is uh, comes up short again in a big game. Okay, Absolutely. I'm going to tell Nola to not lend you a penny. He's going right. to be making 27 million per in the next three weeks, and I'm going to tell him when you come out hat in hand to go screw that Ricardo guy. He never has given you the props for what you've meant to the Phillies during your eight years here in Philadelphia. Never an ace, always a one A or a B. Okay. All and right. You have, like, I, I, you have I, I, like seven aces in all of baseball. I am yes. correct again when the when the money's on the table, an ace is supposed to come through. And what happens? He took the pipe again. All right, in a big game at home. Now is Zach is Zach Wheeler a legit? Is he one of those seven guys uh, that Jody speaks of? That's uh, he's the ace. Phillies um, have two. Zach Wheeler. On the other hand, yeah, Zach Wheeler. That's what I'm saying. No, is he is he a legit one of those? Because you're right, Jody. One of the things that drives me crazy: there's not every team doesn't have an ace. There's very few of those guys. You said seven. Is he one of those seven? I think he is. 
Zach Wheeler. Not Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Yeah, not Nola. Yeah, I say Nola is because I have more aces than Ricky does. Ricky's got like seven. I got like 20 in uh, Major League Baseball, and I think he is one of the top 20 pitchers and will be paid accordingly. And, yes, his last start wasn't good. How did his previous three postseason starts go, Ricardo? He didn't look like an ace in any of those? When the money was on the table, he choked again. Not the not the first time, second or third, probably the fourth or fifth time in his Phillies career, where in the biggest of spots he has not come through. You're, you're, you're a hater, is what you are. But we we love you just the same, even though you're a stone cold Aaron Nola hater. All right, uh, I was just discussing with John before we put you up. Jalen Hurts is just not running the football this year the way he did last year, and we no. certainly cut him slack over the last four games, because you can tell, despite the fact that he doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't want to acknowledge it. You can see the hitch in his giddy-up. He's playing on a painful knee. Is he going to be able to get right between now and the end of the year so the Eagles can add that element back to their offense, the threat of Jalen Hurts running, or do we have to get used to the new reality? Jalen Hurts is just not going to run the football the way he did last year. Well, I also heard what you guys said that I I think – and who, you know, we don't exactly, I don't know if we can pinpoint the exact time that he got the bone bruise or whatever it is that he's dealing with. And, you know, when he limped off the field on Sunday, I, I thought for sure we were going to see Marcus Mariota. There was a timeout <laughs> called there and he was able to get back in. But I didn't see him running the first four weeks. I didn't see him running opening day. So no. I don't know if this is just a, a, a whole nother way post new contract of, how they work Jalen Hurts, or if it's something it's it's team-oriented, is it Sirianni, is it, is it Hurts himself? But not only now with the injury, I didn't think he was running the football from the beginning of this season. I, I, you, you could tell right away with <clears throat> there have been instances on third down and let's say third and four, he's had room maybe to take that dash and get the first down, and he's either thrown the ball away or tried to make a completion to somebody. But it's not the same Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. And I, I, I think it's an overt, he's not running the football. Let's preserve our quarterback because if he goes down, our season is over. Well, I think that was fair before the injury. But what what I was uh, talking about with, with Jody, and I'll get your thoughts on it, Ricky, is when the threat was there, the Eagles running game was still effective. Now that teams aren't concerned about the threats, it's not effective. They got to get back to the threat. I don't even care if he's successful, but if teams are threatened by him, that makes it easier for the running backs. I agree, John. But if you look at the tape and, you know, coaches are watching the all 22, this goes back. And obviously at the moment, you don't know. But if you look back on these first nine weeks, he didn't run the football. I mean, the threat was there at the beginning because we didn't know what the approach was going to be, but the proof is in the pudding. The guy hasn't run the football anywhere near, I mean, nowhere near what he did, you know, last year or the year before. I think from now on, whether they, you know, make a shift in the, in this, which I doubt, but I think defenses are going to game plan to shut down Swift and whoever the heck is running the football because I don't think they have to worry about Hurts running the football anymore. The Eagle running game being what it is as of right now, lots of different ways you can look at, lots of ways you can analyze it. Um, 
the Eagle passing game has been pretty close to phenomenal, certainly over the last several weeks. And even for the whole season, uh, Jalen Hurts is now moving up in the MVP race, at least as per the betting markets. The only guy who's clearly ahead of him is Mahomes. And most of the betting markets have him just, just slightly behind or even with a Lamar Jackson at this point. What would you say if I told you that Jalen Hurts is not the MVP of the Eagles? Forget about the league. He's not the most valuable player on the Eagles. That would be A.J. Brown. Would you tell I, me I'm I not? have A.J. Brown, and we discussed this um, since we had a little extended pregame because of the 425 kick on Sunday. We had this discussion on my Eagles and Espanol broadcast, and we did a little roundtable. A.J. Brown, we, have, we rank them one, two, three. A.J. Brown, Jake Elliott, then Jalen Hurts. How about that? Going Mark Mosley, MVP. Um, I would say like this, uh, Ed Kratz and I do a, a top 25 Eagles every year for Sports Illustrated. AJ would be not my number one player on the Eagles, but MVP, no, Jalen Hurts. It's got to be the quarterback. I mean, that's the, 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 the most valuable definition uh, because of the way they've skewed the game. It almost has to be a quarterback. Go back to last year, MVP was Patrick Mahomes, but the Offensive Player of the Year was Justin Jefferson. I think A.J. Brown might be Offensive Player of the Year, but not MVP. Well, if you define it that way, then the Eagle top performer of the season, A.J. Brown, I mean, the guy that won him, uh, Elliot has been clutch, so clutch all year. But yes, if, if you're going to define and the way they look at it, the way the award is given, which is now even the Heisman, it's a quarterback award. So yeah, on the yeah. level and on the pro level, the quarterback is the most valuable piece on the field. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, except that Smith guy won the Heisman Trophy just a couple of years ago down there in Alabama. That's true. There's you always see. the outlier. We talked about Adrian Peterson. He won an MVP. Uh, there's always the outlier. But you got to be ridiculous to be uh that outlier is aj brown not close to ridiculous no because i'll tell you why tyree kill exists you can make an argument that tyree kill is is has uh been the best receiver in football you can make an argument for aj has derrick henry ever won an mvp i don't think so right no um so you gotta be henry has been the last few years it's always been a quarterback you got to be so far ahead of everybody else to win that. Um, yeah, it's just extremely, extremely difficult. By the way, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I, I watched Marshall Falk yesterday explain his theory of why the position of running back has been downgraded so much and that, that they're not making the money that, that they used to make or have the, the prestige that, they, that the position had before. And he blames it on running backs. He said, we have degraded ourselves by by accepting coming out of the game on third downs. He's, Marshall Falk says, you couldn't get me off the field. First down, second down, third down, or fourth down. You, I was part of every play on offense, and he's absolutely right. They have now made the position of running back. And it's, it's almost like a starting pitcher. He's going to come out after 100 pitches instead of wanting to be there and go nine innings. So 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right, Ricky. And, and, and by the way, pass protection, which is one of the reasons guys come off the field, that's a law start. But I think that that starts at the college level. They don't teach them how to be Marshall Falk now. So, you know, you can't keep somebody out there. They can't even, even make an effort to block a blitzer or, or do what they're supposed to or chip or what have you. It's tough to keep them on the field. I thought it was interesting the way he defined that to, to Warren Sapp in a conversation yesterday. Yeah, but and I know we just talked about this a couple weeks ago that that's a Kenny Gainwell strength. He's the best pass blocker I they have. I say strength. I just say the best of the strength is compared to his fellow running mates on yeah. Eagles. Uh, is, he's the highest rated. What's your guys' theory on Rashad Penny? I mean, he gets activated, he gets a couple of carries, and then disappears again. I had, no, I got no idea how they determined their running game. And don't ask the coach about it because the running game is fine. The way he and the Eagles define the running game, which might be different than most other people, in their eyes, their running game is perfectly fine. Um, but he goes to bat for Kenny Gainwell, kind of takes exception to anyone questioning Kenny Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell makes a great play early in the game and he gets two more carries the entire game. What the hell? If you believe in him, if you trusted him, Nick, you compared him to both Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Will we pull him out if they did not make a play? Of course not. And then he doesn't even use him in the second half of that game. I didn't understand their whole running back philosophy last week. Um, I I would just say the coaching staff thinks DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott are better than Rashad Penny. And they might be wrong, but that's what they think. Um, they thought Kenny Gainwell was the number one running back, and DeAndre Swift got an opportunity and overtook him. Um, maybe if Rashad Penny ever gets an opportunity, he can overtake somebody. But until they have to give him the football. We're never going to know because they think the other three guys are better bottom line. Um, and I know because of his history, uh, people look at that and say, why? But I would say guys aren't in a stasis either. Uh, just cause somebody was good at some point, And I go back to Doug Peterson with Jay Ajahi at some point when he came back, when he left, he left for Miami, and then he came back. When he came back, he said, Doug was honest. Nothing left. You know, maybe he's got nothing left. I don't know. I don't Interesting. Know. But then why is he here? Right. They, they haven't moved on from him. They've still got him here. So uh, that someone could please explain that to me. I, John and I have been discussing this now for a couple of weeks. I'm getting tired of discussing. I'm sure the Eagle fans are getting tired of listening to it. The Eagles right now have no one who can play slot corner. Bradley Roby says he'll be ready for next week. Well, I'm kind of going to see it when I believe it. He came in, played one good half of football, and then got hurt. Are the Eagles just going to put all their chips on Bradley Roby through the rest of the season and not only hope that that wasn't a mirage, the half of football that he played very well against the Rams, but also that he can stay healthy? Did the Eagles miss out by not uh, Howie Roseman not being able to acquire, uh, acquire another slot corner before the trade deadline? I never thought I'd miss Avante Maddox 
to the. You don't like Avante? How do you say something like that? Avante's I mean, one of the now, best corners in the NFL. I was yeah. going to say, I never thought I'd miss him as much as I'm missing him. Yeah. And, you know, the, these last few weeks, they've tried Bradbury. And it, we saw McLaurin get put in the slot and burn whoever it was that was on the other <laughs> side. We saw C.D. Lamb get put in the slot and was burning guys left and right until they finally put just had Slay follow him wherever he went. Which Nick didn't realize, by the way, but go on. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I, I, as good as Howie has been, I think there was an opportunity there before the trade that there were guys available uh, from – Everything that I've heard, there were some guys available. I don't know what what the cost would have been if it was prohibitive, you know, uh, to use too much draft capital. But if Roby is going to be the guy that's going to be the solution, then, you know, I I need to see it to believe it. So I tend to agree with you, Jody, there. Uh, He wasn't, you know, he wasn't setting the world on fire when he first got there anyway. But that's been the vulnerable spot. And what we've seen here for the last couple of weeks is that, you know, even guys that are usually play on the outside, they're being moved in, they're putting in, they're, they're being put into the slot and they're forcing the Eagles hand to use some of their corners and move them into positions that they're not comfortable. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, some of it's just bad luck. I mean, you, you, you lose multiple players at the position. They lost Abonte, they lost, you know, it would have been Zach McPherson, but he was already lost. Uh, and he would have been playing in the slot. Who knows how that would have shaken out. Then they bring in Roby. He gets hurt. Uh, and you're down to all hands on deck, but I do know this about Bradley Roby. I don't know how much he's got left, but he's going to be better than Eli Riggs and Sidney Brown in the slot. I know that because he knows how to play the position. Now, is he going to be healthy? I don't know. He didn't have a training camp. Uh, He got hurt right away, basically. Um, But he knows how to play the position. Those guys... And God bless them, it's not their fault. They've never played it before. They've never, yeah, and they right. look like they never played it before. So, yeah. All right, I'll, 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 I'll bring this up right now. Who covers Kelsey Monday night the 20th at Arrowhead? Well, that's going to be a safety. And, and, and it, it takes a village. That's going to be a lot of Kevin Byard, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of Reed Blankenship, uh, some of the linebackers, maybe some Zach Cunningham. Um, yeah, you got to throw, you got to throw a bunch of different looks at Travis Kelsey, and probably it's not going to go that well. <laughs> All right, let's, if you can, John, look this up quickly while I ask Ricky a question. What were Bayard's rankings for his first two games at safety for the Eagles? Which I want to cut him slack because he just got here and you're learning a new system or whatever else. But he's another one of those guys. How much has the tank been drained? Because he's a veteran now, and he's not the player that he was two years ago or four years ago. So you have to try and judge how much of it is that he just is still learning the system, and how much of it is are we looking for Kevin Byard from four years ago, which isn't really fair to him. I'd love to know what his his rankings are because he hasn't made a big play yet. There, he's been out there for every single snap for two straight games. 
He hadn't gotten burnt like some of the other guys have in the defensive secondary, but he hasn't made a big play, a, a pass defense or a super stop or anything like that. I'd love to know uh, where his grades are as per PFF. Uh, if you can find well, those. And Jody, he's had some penalties. He's had some flags thrown against him. Yeah. The whole pulling off the other day. That was, I hate when that happens. I really do. When the guy who reacts the, the first guy gets away with it, and you can see a video replay, and we go to video replay for everything else. Good they did, because Dak stepped out of bounds, and Schoolmaker came up a half a yard short of the end zone. If they got into replay, they would have seen that the guy pulled them out of the pile and threw them aside, but he gets up and he pushes, so he gets the 15-yard flag. Uh, I, I guess, uh, I know they're never going to add that to reviewable plays, the uh, unnecessary roughness thing. But maybe they should, because that did really screw the Eagles the other day. Um. Yeah. Well, I. I. It. I don't think the problem is. I think that would upset people even further, Jody, because that's what that, that. Again, we say all the time the legislation. People don't like the legislation. That's what they want called. So, uh, they're going to look at it again. People are already pissed off, and they're going to say, "No, that's 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 roughing the passer." by what we want called, then they're going to be pissed off twice. So I don't know how much that's going to help. Um, but with Kevin Byard, he's been, he's been good in run support, not good in pass coverage. So, Fair. um, and average overall. Um, and I, I think he'll get better as he gets more comfortable in this defense, the communication gets better. Um, but he's better than what they had. So, I, I, yeah, Bradley Roby, similar thing. Not saying Bradley Roby's going to be great, Ricky Ricardo, but I think he's going to be better than what they are right now. I think Kevin Byard's going to be better than what they had with uh, Justin Evans and, 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 and Sidney Brown as a rookie. Um, so you're going to get a little bit incrementally better. Is that the positivity? But I don't think you're going to be great in pass coverage this year. I just don't think that's in the cards. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, I keep forgetting that Justin Evans is coming back. I should apologize to the guy. He's like uh, out of sight, out of mind. I uh, think uh, poor Justin Evans. Hell of a lot more about Roby than I do Justin Evans. And maybe he's the guy who comes back. All right. Ricky, uh, bye week. And then a gauntlet of five straight, very difficult games. We said six before the Cowboy game started, but. Got a couple of road games in this upcoming five-game swing. Kansas City, Dallas, and Seattle with uh, Buffalo and San Francisco being home. What do the Eagles need to go record-wise over the next five games to still have what John McMullen considers the most important thing to accomplish this season, home field advantage, the playoff running through Lincoln Financial Field. They've done it twice in the last five years, and both times ended up in the Super Bowl. What do they have to go record-wise over these next five games? For that it, numero uno seed, gentlemen, okay? We, and, and the team that has the clear path, maybe Josh Dobbs has a, a say in this now, believe it or not, because Detroit's got to play Minnesota twice, but the Lions have the easier schedule. Yes, they do. The, I've been worried got, about the Lions, Ricky. Good pull. I've been worried. Their schedule's so easy. Their schedule's easy, but like I said, maybe, you know, Dobbs might be. Who would have thunk it? 
Maybe Joshua Dobbs can pull off at least one win of the two. The Vikings have the Lions twice between now and the end of the season. Uh, and it, if, if the Eagles have three losses, uh, Jody, to answer your question directly, I think my gut tells me they lose to the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. They beat the Niners. And they probably go one and one with Hawks and Cowboys. I think these next five, they go three and two, but that's it. They can only lose three games the entire season. I think they got to sweep the Giants and beat the Cardinals. So, By the way, so- I think that gets it done. I think that gets it done. You win three games, you're obviously beating the Giants twice. You're obviously beating the Cardinals. I think that gets it done. I really do. As long oh, as you they go, go three and two. 14 and three with a three and two run here in the next five with the with obviously the swing game that could go one way or the other is the Niners. I think they'll they'll beat the Niners at home if the game and look they the Niners are healthy at least this week against Jacksonville. They get Williams back at left tackle. They get Debo back. Uh, who knows if, if Purdy is uh, is going to you know go back to the form we saw before. He's been terrible the last few weeks. So if they go to Sam Darnold of all people, <laughs> but I think that's the swing game there. I think three and two in those five games, Jody. All right, are you ready for this? I'm dismissing both of your concerns. Not only did I last night on WIP say the NFC East is over, the 19-year run of no repeat champions in the NFC, done. The Eagles are winning it back-to-back. It's it's, it's history. It's, it's already in the books. And I chastised some people who said the Phillies had already won the NLCS when they were up uh, two to nothing and or three to two over the Diamondbacks. I was not one of them. I, I, I was smart enough to walk right up to that line and not walk over it. I'm walking over it now. The division is done. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the NFC East. And here's why I think the Eagles are going to have the number one seed in the NFC. The, 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 Lions, the, the Lions schedule is not as easy as you think it is because, yeah, you're right. Uh, what does Josh Dobbs give them? Here's my question about the the head coach. He's a tough guy. Everybody loves him. He's like one of the most popular coaches in the National Football League. Will he be a tough guy and say, we're playing every single week between now and the end of the season? Or if he's got the division <laughs> salted away, will he pull back on the reins? Because uh, my suggestion would be the Eagles will. They'll pull back on the reins because they have before. And I don't think Sirianni necessarily would do that, but I think Sirianni takes his marching orders. Do you think Dan Campbell will say, all right, we're, we're, we've locked up the division, or do you think he'll fight tooth and nail all the way to the wire against the Eagles? I do. I, I well, think I, I, I think if the number one seed is in the equation, he does. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, they, wanna, they want everybody to come to Ford Field. I, I don't think they play this week either. The Lions, are they on a bye? No, they're back. They're back. Uh, they they had I, a bye this past weekend. Okay. Uh, who, are they, who are they playing? They're playing the Chargers, right? Their next Chargers on Sunday, yep. That's a big game because um, that's a game they could lose. And then after that, I recall I got to pull it up. I'm just doing this from memory. Then it's just like, 
Bears, Packers, Saints. Saints they, are they, get, okay. they got the Cowboys next to last week of the season. Which yeah, is- the Cowboys are the other one. So I look at the Chargers and the Cowboys. Other than that, it's Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings twice. Yeah, Josh Dobbs could be big for the Eagles if he can, you know, but I don't try. Go Josh Dobbs. Go Josh Dobbs. Is the Eagle fans really doing that? I'm not sure if that's the case. All right, uh, Ricardo, you mentioned the fact that you've got the Eagles kicker as one of the top three MVP candidates. Mm. I got to give a shout out to Brandon Mann. He he got off some pretty good punts this past week. After Eagles failed drives, one, two, three punts, it could have been that much worse. If he had gone shankopotamus on a couple of those punts, he did not. Uh, I thought that he had a good game punting. The Eagles finally have a punter for the second half of the season that we can have confidence in, in your opinion. I think you we can lay that to rest. I, I've been impressed by man. Uh, it hasn't been, you know, exactly Ray Guy coffin corner or anything like that, but it's been enough. It's better than what we had before. So I think that's one thing we don't need to worry about. I agree. Uh, poor Aaron Sipas. I don't. I don't Sorry, think anybody Aaron. has picked him up yet either. So. No. Uh, we hardly knew you, Aaron Sipas. Now I got to ask both you guys. I've been watching nothing. I spent the whole day watching, you know, NFL opinions from <clears> yesterday <throat> and this morning. And to a man, everyone that I have seen when they review the Cowboy Eagle game on Sunday. Everybody is saying that Dak Prescott was the best performer on the field. Oh, the come on. I ripped them. I ripped them to high up. The situation, the lack of situational awareness bothers the living you know what out of me with Ricky, uh, with Dak Prescott, Ricky. I bring it that last drive, that first and five at the, the six, six yard line with four chances to win the game. They went back four times. They were desperation mode at the 27. How does a veteran quarterback put you in a position? There's a delay of game in that that, yeah. that series. At the end of the game, delay of game. How do you take an 11-yard sack? I said, you know what? Sometimes you get a great pass rush, and there's nothing you can do. But guess what? If you're a quarterback, you're going to take a seven, eight-yard loss. He's taking an 11-yard loss, which tells you situational awareness is terrible. And Jody brought up the stat. What was the stat, Jody? When Jalen Hurts oh, is trailing. trailing. Jalen Hurts is the number one rated quarterback in the NFL, 120-whatever. went tra- Dak Prescott, 32nd. He's wow. the worst quarterback second. in the NFL when trailing in games this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. if you look at the all 22, Jake Ferguson is wide open, wide open down the middle of the field when he decides to throw the ball. I think to, to, to Lamb, Ferguson's got a clear path to the end zone when you look at it from above on that last play of the game. Last he play? Walked Ferguson the end was zone. that open? Wide open. I got to I got to look at that again. Now that I'm I'm it depends on the progression of the play and you know, sometimes he's not supposed to be looking that way. Um, he was two so, yards beyond the defender, wide open, right down the middle of the field. Jake Ferguson would have hit him. He would have walked into the end zone. Yeah. And um, I took a call on this last night, and we'll let you run in a second here, Rick. 
uh, Eagle fans not happy with the talking heads on television, all talking more about the Cowboys and Eagles. That's not a Philly disrespecting. That's a, they talk about the damn Cowboys every single week. It no. never stops. Doesn't matter who they play, whatever. Well, how about the Cowboys? How about Dak Prescott? How about Jerry Jones? That's not a Philly disrespecting. That's just a, the Cowboys are a team that moves the conversational needle and the ratings needle. So they overhype them and over talk about them. Yeah, they should be talking about them in a losing uh, venue this week as they were beaten by the. We Eagles. only hear about the Lakers and the Cowboys on national sports. And the right? New York Yankees, Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. Not, yeah. You know, nobody yeah. talks about baseball, John. No. No, nobody. If we're putting in baseball circles, the Yankees yeah. are the big dog, but they yeah. don't trip over into the national near as much. You're right, Ricky. Ricky, always a pleasure. Thanks, bud. Muchas gracias, amigo. Anytime. Thanks, that is the voice of the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And Espanol, Ricky Ricardo here with us on Birds 365. All right, quick timeout, come back. We'll put a bow on the show. Now we got days and days and days to wait before the Eagles play another game. <laughs> days and days. Back. We get through an offseason. This is nothing for us, Joe. Okay, if you say so, McMullen. Uh, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back here on Birds 365. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are. Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
GLES Eagles. You got your Mac and Mac guys here, John McMullen and Jody McDonald running out of time. So I will leave you with a prediction to be made, John McMullen. Is today still Coordinator Tuesday? Are they holding their obligations? No, no. Uh, we we had to make a Soapy's choice of, of wanting to talk to the coordinators this week and rehash Dallas mainly or talk to them next week and talk about Kansas City because of the enormity of the Kansas City game for obvious reasons, Super Bowl rematch. We took a boat, so to speak, amongst the beat guys and said uh, lesser of two evils would be skipping this week and getting them next week. I, that, would, course, that would just be too tough a task for the coordinator. Uh, that's what I said. I said, why can't they do both row? weeks? That's the first thing I said. Why can't they do both weeks? Uh, but that's too much. They evidently. do every other week. Why couldn't they do it this way? Well, won't be complaining, but my question would be, all right, well, then it'll be even more pressing or potentially annoying, I should say, uh, when you're getting ready for the Kansas City game. Will anyone go back and ask Brian Johnson, why didn't you give the ball to the head coach's favorite guy down by the goal line uh, a little bit more often? Give him a couple more carries. Kenny Gainwell, who the coach decided to bend over backwards to defend. How's Kenny only get three carries last week? Um, do you, uh, you never know. I mean, it's less likely, but uh, if somebody's got something in the uh, in in the in the hopper about Kenny Gainwell, he might get asked that question. Yeah, yeah, uh, we gotta gotta wait till next Tuesday to find out if that question is actually asked. All right. Uh J Mac, you up for tomorrow? You're gonna be back with me right here uh, on Birds 365. Yeah, bye week Wednesday, not a walkthrough Wednesday, a bye week Wednesday. Bye and Wednesday. you know, the Eagles will have the best record in the NFL again for another straight week. You know that this week. It's and, already and confirmed. The coaching staff will be in attendance this week. They'll be breaking down film. They'll be doing self-scout. Self-scout. Players, have a good time. Uh, don't don't sweat it. Uh, that CBA uh, does pay off its dividends during the bye week. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, Jordy Mac, back tomorrow. We'll be right back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.